are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. I want to share with you about moms, and they have a deep and a lifelong impact upon their children. Someone said that mothers hold their children's hands for a short while, but they hold their hearts forever. We're going to show a video clip from the Chosen series, and what this is, this is Jesus after a long day of ministry. Um, he was praying. He comes to the campfire where the disciples are, where his wife or where his mother Mary is, and he's tired. You can just see it all over him. But notice the special place that he has in her heart and that she has in his heart. So let's note it. Special place, even as an adult, and I'm so grateful for moms today. How about you? Um, yes. Someone has, uh, someone has said, um, in fact, it was, a, a, I don't know if it was a preacher's wife. It could have been either any mom. She wrote lyrics to the song, William Tells Overture. These are some of the lines. Clean your room, fold your clothes, put your stuff away. Make your bed, do it now. Do you think you have all day? Were you born in a barn? Would you like some hay? Can you even hear a word I say? Where are you going, and with whom, and what time do you think you're coming home? Say, thank you, please. Excuse me. Makes you welcome everywhere you roam. You'll appreciate my wisdom someday when you're older and you're grown. Can't wait till you have a couple of little kids of your own. Sounds like an exasperated mom. You'll thank me for the counsel I gave you so willingly But right now, I thank you not to roll your eyes at me. Close your mouth when you chew. We'd appreciate. Take a bite, maybe two, of the stuff that you hate. Use your fork. Do not burp. Or I'll set you straight. Eat the food I put upon your plate. Someone said a mom is a person that when there's five people at the table and there's only four pieces of pie, she will declare, you know, I never like that kind of pie anyway. Someone else has said that a suburban mother's role is to deliver children obstetrically once and by car forever. God could not be everywhere, therefore he made mothers. It's a Jewish proverb. A mother understands what a child does not say. Someone else said, before I got married, I had six theories about bringing up children. Now I have six kids and I have no theories. Can anyone agree with that? 
Insanity is hereditary. You get it from your children. The one thing children wear out faster than shoes is parents. How many have been there done that? You know what I'm talking about this morning. A man loves his sweetheart the most, his wife the best, but he loves his mother the longest. An Irish proverb. Thank you, moms. Recently, I had an opportunity to, to take my grandson with me fishing and my brother, Phil. We went on an overnight trip. I took my boat, got a hotel room, and because we had to be at the dock at 5.30 in the morning, we decided that, and it was going to rain that day, it was just going to be a yucky day, um, that, and since we're all guys, we just wouldn't take a shower that morning. It'll be okay. And so I got up early, I did what I could, I brushed my teeth, combed my hair, did all that. My brother Phil was next, and then my my grandson, and he went in, and he was, I heard that he takes like 30 and 40 minute showers, he's age 15. He was in there maybe 30 seconds. I go out and I said, John, what'd you do? Did you only brush one tooth instead of all your teeth? And he looked at me, he said, I didn't even do that. He said, I just, I just took my toiletry bag along so my mother wouldn't yell at me. <laughs> a few, hour later, few hours later on the boat, and it was cold and windy, and all of a sudden he hauled out of his backpack this big, like a planter's peanut jar. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I mean, with both hands, he's just chugging. I said, what is that? He said, this is the trail mix my mother made for me. And he didn't offer to share. (laughs) His mother made it for him. So in that tension between rolling their eyes and kids thinking they pulled the wool over mom's eyes, and the mom being the director and all those other things, and but somehow in the end, the mother's love and a mother's prayers went out. It lasts for a lifetime. I want to share with you today about a woman by the name of Jochebed, and she was the mother of Moses. And how many have ever heard of Jochebed? And just raise your hand. And there's a, yes, yes. Now here's the next question. How many of you know a mom named Jochebed? No hands at all. All right. Well, Jochebed was the extraordinary mother of Moses. She raised him against all odds. And he became one of the greatest faith leaders and one of the greatest leaders of any kind in all the history of the world. Moms, I just want to, we want to encourage and bless you today. Uh, We thank you. You have a role that no one else can fill. We thank God for God's grace and uh, God is so good. So this is the story of Jochebed and Moses and his sister Miriam and his father Amram and the daughter of Pharaoh, the princess of the Pharaoh in Egypt, is found in Exodus 1 and Exodus chapter 2. So what had happened was that the Israelites, as you know, had been in captivity for hundreds of years down in Egypt. 
and Joseph, God providentially sent uh, him down there and as a slave, he had no idea, but later Joseph would rise to number two in Egypt and actually be, he would oversee the famine relief. And because of, Pharaoh, because of Joseph, Pharaoh granted to Israel special status, gave them the lands they need to raise their sheep and cattle and a, and a place to live in. But the Bible says this, that he died and there rose another Pharaoh in Egypt who did not know the Israelites. Not only did he not know the Israelites, but his counselors, his advisors close to him, and by the way, be careful who gives you advice. Be careful who gives you advice. But they said, you got to look out for these Israelites. And as I tell this, recount this story from Scripture, see if you can draw any parallels from the Word of God today. Look out for those people that serve those strange gods. They do things differently than we do. And we better be careful because their agenda, we've got a different agenda. And as long as they live in righteousness and serve God, it's, it's not going to, it probably won't go well for us. And so they got together with Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, this is what you, what you need to, they said, this is what you need to do. You make an edict in all the land that, that you begin by killing every male that's born. After it's born, as soon as you, it's born. And so Pharaoh sent the word out to all the midwives and the doulas of the Israelites. Can you imagine the taking of life? These women who had a special call and a special place, now, now they're tasked and assigned with the, with the most powerful person in the known world to take the life of these precious little baby boys. But the Bible says this, that they didn't fear Pharaoh. I'm grateful for people who don't feel fear Pharaoh. How many know what I'm talking about? They didn't fear Pharaoh. And so instead of doing that, they refused. And the Lord, and the Bible says this because they honored the Lord that God gave them special households just for them. And so one day there was a woman by the name of Jochebed. And she married a guy whose name was Amram. Now, how many Am people do you know they're named Amram? No. So Amram was of the tribe of Levi, the Levites. How many know who the Levites were? They had become the priestly tribe. She married this man, and then after a while they conceived, and you know they were praying for a little baby girl because they didn't want to happen to them, to what had been happening. So they prayed for this little baby girl, and behold, on the day that she was to give birth, out came this little baby boy, and later he would be named Moses, but Moses was his Egyptian name. That was not his Hebrew name. And they gave little Moses... They gave it back to the mommy, 
And God's word says that, that Amram and Jochebed hid Moses for three months. At the end of these three months, for some reason, it was probably because the heat was on. There, it wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it if there weren't people going from door to door seeing if there were little babies. And so they, they made this sort of like a tiny ark and they covered it inside and out with pitch and what they called bitumen, so it was waterproof. And they put little baby Moses, three months old, and Jock, they put him in this thing, and Jacob had had this plan. She said, now Miriam, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take him down to the Nile, and we're going to hide him in the reeds. They'll never think of looking for him there, because we know that Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, there's a place where she comes with her attendants, a private place where no one can see, and she bathes there. And so, Miriam, what we want you to do, you stand by the reeds, or you get behind the bulrushes, and you just be on the lookout. You be on the lookout. And that day, that time when she comes, Miriam, all we want you to do, don't let her see you, but you just push him out into the current. Push him out. So he'll float past Pharaoh's daughter. And sure enough, Pharaoh's daughter saw this thing coming down. This, what is this? It's covered up. And God's word says she uncovered him, and there's Moses. What a gift. He, the Bible says he was crying. She's, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? But God's word said that she had pity on Moses. And so Miriam, his sister, said, do you want me to get a Hebrew wet nurse for you to nurse this? She said, oh, yes, if you could get somebody, that would be absolutely terrific. She had pity on him, but what is she, what is she going to do with this little baby? So guess what? So Miriam goes, and guess who she brings back? Anyone want to take a guess? She brought back Jochebed. Jochebed came up there looking all innocent as could be, you know, came to Pharaoh, is there anything I can help you with? She said, <clears throat> Miriam said, well, this one could be a wet nurse. And Pharaoh's daughter said, oh, that's absolutely terrific. I want you to take this baby boy and I want you to keep him and nurse him for the next five or six years because in that culture, that time, just like today, there are some cultures that nurse children for three, four, five years. I don't know if you're aware of that. And she said, and not only that, I'll pay you, I'll pay you to do this. Now, how many think God might have been at work there? Now, moms, I just want to ask you, how many of you got paid to take care of your kids I don't see any hands at this place this morning. So all of a sudden, this situation that was dire and desperate, now she's in charge and she's getting paid by Pharaoh's daughter. What happened over the next five years, six years, she told him the stories of Israel. She told him about that there's a God in heaven. And she told him, your name might be Moses, but this is who you are. This is who you are, and this is whose you are. This is the history that God has given to us. This is the history that God has for us. And she held him in such a way, such a way that when the time came, 
For when he was five or six years old and they took him to Pharaoh's house, the palace, when he grew up, when he grew up, God's word says he chose, he chose Israel and he chose to serve God rather than Egypt. Jochebed, extraordinary mother. Moms, I, I just want to say this morning, you don't have to be a perfect mom to be an extraordinary mom. Your influence goes so far. We're going to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11 and verse 23. So, by faith, when he was born, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Jochebed. Jochebed, there's a lot that could be said about her, but I believe there's at least two things that we could say for sure. Number one is that she was a supermodel. I don't, I don't, know that she graced any covers of magazines. I don't know that she had, I doubt she had the finest of, of clothing to wear. She's not a supermodel. When we think of supermodels today, they command 10,000, 50,000, even 100,000 for a photo shoot and sometimes more. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a supermodel of the faith. And she wore she wore and she adorned herself with her faith, with an attitude, with a focus, knowing that she only had this little baby boy for just five or six years. That was it. And then he was going to be gone. But the most precious thing to her was her faith and a relationship with God. She wore, she was a person of risk. I like to say she was a no risk it, no biscuit type of mom. How do you know some no risk it, no biscuit types of moms? A warrior mom. She's going to go for it. She kept herself strong. She was a wife of a Levite and instructed him in the ways of the Lord. She prayed over him. She held him close. She believed in his future even when the future seemed dark, she believed that God could make a difference in his life and that he would make a difference. She called on the God of heaven. And his word says as we dedicate our children and bring them to the Lord, he, we enlist God and God goes to work on our side. She prayed for him knowing that her prayers would be answered. She was also a travel agent because she had a plan. How many of you know moms that have a plan? Let me see your hand. Yeah. How many know your mom had a plan for you? Yes. She had a plan. She was a travel agent. She had a destination for her son. She knew what she wanted him to be. And she insisted that everyone in the house follow through on it. The whole family, the sister, the father, the community. She was determined. Uh, this, in the first service, we have a, a couple that sits in the second row right there. And uh, man, he looked sharp this morning. He's dressed in a suit and a tie. Nice, really nice. 
And I said, Derwood, man, you look sharp today. I said, happy Mother's Day. He said, my wife made me do it. <laughs> I said, you're a smart man. And I said, you know what? Our moms are making us do things, and now our wives, they still, you know, there's a lot of times they make us do things. She was determined. Her plan paid off because Moses chose to serve God rather than the pleasures of Egypt. Moms, your prayers are powerful. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, they won't depart from it. Our prayers are powerful. Mom, you might be praying for that son or that daughter, and it seems like your prayers are not having an effect. What God wants all of us to know in this place, right here, right now, is that God is at work all the time. It's the mystery of God. We only see through these eyes that we can see. Paul said we see through a glass darkly, but God is at work all the time because he's not willing that any should perish. So you keep praying, you keep holding them close, you keep reminding them, you keep building yourself up in the Holy Spirit to be strong in the Lord. Proverbs 31 says, we train them up. It says that her children will one day rise up and call her blessed. God's Word says, train up a child on the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Abraham Lincoln said, I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. All of my life. We pray. We love. Be a supermodel. Anyone can do that in the faith. Beauty is vain and charm is deceitful, but the woman who praises the Lord is to be praised in the gates. Be the travel agent. Where do you want your child to end up? Believe in the Lord. Believe in them. Be faithful to the house of God. Wear that faithfulness. And then Moses. Second thing I want to share with you is that by faith, Moses. By faith, Moses. Hebrews says, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. By faith. What we accomplish in this life that will last for eternity is done by faith. By faith. Faith is not hoping. Faith is not some word with a squishy meaning. Hebrews chapter 11 begins with this. Begins that now faith is the evidence of things not seen. It is the conviction, the evidence of things not seen. It's how we please the Lord. Moms and dads, Pastor Paul, my wife Chris, the gift of God to you
to us today is this faith that God gives, that we believe his word is true. We believe that he comes alongside. We believe the Holy Spirit prays when we don't know how to pray. By faith, Moses chose. He became the deliverer of Israel out of Egypt because he had his mom's courage and faith. You talk about no risk it, no biscuit. How about crossing the Red Sea? There, there you go, right there. He's, this guy's going for it. Because his mom went for it. Put it all on the line. He crossed the Red Sea. He stood up to Pharaoh. He received the Ten Commandments directly from God. He walked close to God. God spoke to him. The Bible says in the tent of meeting, when Israel would camp in the wilderness, he'd set up a tent of meeting. Joshua, his assistant, faithful assistant, stood at the door. Moses would go inside and he would meet God and the presence of God would come down in a cloud. Everyone could see this. But Moses talked to God. This is what it said. Face to face as a man talks with his friend. He was the writer of the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible. And I, I just want to say this, that um, when you read Genesis, uh, Moses wrote this as though he was an eyewitness, but he wasn't there. How many know that Moses wasn't there in the Garden of Eden? The Holy Spirit inspired him. And sometimes we take the book of Genesis as though it's a, it's, it's a, a book of science to explain how the worlds were formed. No, that's not what the book of Genesis is about. The book of Genesis, why he wrote it, it was to give to the people of God back in those days the purpose of God having a people. How many understand that? That's why he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over all the earth. They were to spread the ways of the Lord. That's what the church does now. How many understand that? The, the book of Genesis was origins. This means where we came from and what our purpose is in God's economy. And can you imagine back then? And, uh, I mean, I've, listen, uh, I've heard a lot of scientific arguments, good people on both sides of it, what they believe, it, what the seven days mean, and this, that. All I know that the Word of God says that He created the heavens and earth. Can someone say amen? And then He created, there's an order. What are we talking about? An order. And then He created humanity, mankind, and womankind after His own image and breathed in us the breath of God so that in our heart, in our heart, we are complete when, this, when God's Spirit dwells in us, when we're born again into the family of God. But without that inside of us we are not complete we're always looking for something Moses I think one of the most wonderful things I like about Moses was the question that he had for God in one of his last dealings with the Lord and and Moses wasn't a perfect man I mean he Moses was disqualified from entering the promised land, from leading God's people in the promised land. Does anyone recall why? He, what happened? He, he struck the rock. Anyone else have a temper here this morning? Any, anyone? A few, oh, the first crowd's way more ornest than this crowd. I can tell you that. I think if Moses had his way, 
I think he would have used that staff. I can see him just like going through that crowd like that. Just, I think he wanted to hit some people. But he struck the rock. And water flowed out of the rock. But God said, I'm going to disqualify you, Moses, Moses. So he takes Moses up to the mountain. And, and Moses said, I'm 120 years old. I'm just as good now as I was back then. And uh, that's, God said, Moses, I just want you to see the promised land. I want you, you, because I've chosen, I want you to see it. This is where my people are going, but you're not going to lead them there. And what I love about Moses was this. His next question was, but God, if I'm not going to lead your people, who will lead them in there? It's because he had that spirit of his mom. His mom says, okay, I can't be his mom. I can't mother him for his teenage years and beyond and even adolescence. I only get five or six years, but I know God has a plan for them and I'm going to do the best I can right now. And so that was Moses. He said, I'm, if I can't do it, who, who are you going to do it? Who's going to? lead. It's one of the favorite things that I know about Moses because leadership and motherhood and fatherhood is not about doing it just because we receive a benefit from it. We lead because we love people and we love God. We believe in their future. The next thing I want to share with you is our assignment. Our assignment. Honoring moms. Our assignment, honoring mom. Don't have the band come if they would. I call this up, down, and all around. Up, down, and all around. You see, we, we place a lot of expectations on moms. We put the things they're asked to do. Um, I think it would... In fact, I know it would wear most of us guys out. We, so we've started watching this thing called The Cowboy Way. It's down in Alabama, and, and they're, they're three Christian guys, and it's on the up and faith. Yeah, up and faith. Yeah, anyway, and so, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're true cowboys in Alabama, and... and uh, I had no idea about them. They're pretty well known, but they got this big uh, cattle operation and 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 all of that. And and uh, uh, the one guy's name is Booger, and he loves his grandma. And his something happened with his mom. He didn't have a good relationship there. But what 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 happens? We put a lot of role, a lot of expectations on them, and God tells us that. We have an assignment for husbands, for children. We have an assignment, and that's to honor them, not to lean on them to the point where they're just they're just totally worn out. How many moms know you, you get totally worn out enough on your own with, without any help? by children not being obedient or husbands not loving you as Christ loved you. But it's a culture of, of honor. 
in staff here, we, we have different events and different staff people will be what we call the quarterback of that event. So recently we had Fam Jam. We had 864 people here, the largest one we've ever had. Julie Luckett was the quarterback for that. But you'll notice Pastor Bobby, he was up, he was emceeing, doing a great job outside. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Josh had a role. Amber worked hand in hand. Uh, Amber Hackett worked hand in hand with Julie. And, and I did what, what I like to do and some things they asked me to do. But she was the quarterback. She couldn't do that on her own. And moms really, they'll die trying to do what their assignment is. But this is what God's Word has to say, that we should honor them because God's given them a specific role. But as we honor them, it'll bless your life. So Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Love them. And then, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children in anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. As we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around, we have an assignment. Honor. And honoring is the first commandment with a promise that God says that if we do this, you will live a long life in the land. Can someone say praise God? Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is on our home. The blessing of the Lord is on our lives and we know the joy of the Lord and the purpose of the Lord and the faith of the Lord. And we can say, like Jacobet, by faith, for the moms, I wore my faith. Like Jacobet, I'm a travel agent. I have a plan for my children. But the dads can say, yeah, yeah, we're leading, but you have a role that only you can have. We're there. We're to support you. The children say, yes, we honor you. God will bless us. Praise his name. I'm so glad for the family of God. How about you? Yes. I'm thankful for the word of God, for the word of God. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I understand that not every home is a traditional family. Not every home has a not every home has a, a husband who's present, a father that's present. Not every home has perhaps even happy memories of your mom. But I want to encourage us. God's commandment is honor because that's the right thing to do. Praise his name. Praise God. I want to pray for you today. I'd like you to bow your heads with me if you would. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for moms uh, and grandmoms today. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, 
that all of us have a mom. This day is about honoring them. Lord, it's not so much about our disappointments. We have disappointments, but we're so grateful that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Lord, we honor our moms today and always. We thank you for the role that they fulfill in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that even like Mary with Jesus, there's a special bond that we carry in our hearts because of what they've done. We thank you for godly moms. Grace is full of godly moms who have stepped up. Lord, and they are doing the things that because they have a, a destination in mind for their children and for their home, we honor them, we support them, we love them, we commend them to you, and we pledge our help, our assistance, Lord, to help them be, to realize what you've put in their heart. We thank you in Jesus' name. I pray these things. Amen.